as I always say, this is Women Rising. And today we're talking to Brenda Kuby. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Let's Michelle. just put your mic up that way is a little that bit. That's perfect. Yeah. So it's really nice um, to, for you to come home. And I want to hear all about what you're doing because you've given up your job. You had your own business, which is how I remember you because <laughs> um, you, you used to do some stuff for GBC. And I remember doing the the open days and yeah, the, the social out, media outside broadcasts yeah. and there were you in the little <laughs> on the side with your desk and your your computer doing the stats and stuff where you I, I don't even remember so what, doing all the social media for, for the, GBC for the GBC for the open day and um, we were responsible for getting GBC on social media all those years ago wow yeah well, you did a good job because they really are quite uh, there in your... Well, now that they've taken, you know, they've yes. run with it. So yeah. it's been fantastic because to see what they've done with it, you know, obviously mm. um, James was a big fan of that in mm. the beginning. And yes, obviously now what he's doing is yeah. a lot more than yeah. that. So so this was a few years ago. You started your business. Well, first of all, let's start at the beginning. What brought you to Gibraltar? Because you're not from here, are you? No, so my husband. So when I met my husband over 30 years ago, uh, we met in London and he said to me, when I retire, I want to go home. So I was like, where's home? And he went, Gibraltar. And I went, where's Gibraltar? (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea where Gibraltar was. Um, And I have to say, when we first came back like 30 years ago, I was like, no. (laughs) You didn't think you could? I didn't think I could live here because I came from small town in Scotland and you know I'd left there I left at 18 mm. to go and make my mark on the world and um and I didn't want to go back to a small community I was just like you know I'd grown you up you want the big wide world exactly and then you ended up here and then I ended up here and that was the thing it's like we we came back 16 years ago and um we decided to make the move then and uh and I love every I've loved it every single moment so were your children born here no, no my children were born in London and we left when the eldest was 14 and the youngest was seven okay so they were quite yeah old enough really, yeah to... so it was a big change for yeah, them with their friends and everything yeah it was a real it was a huge up you know uprooting for them so I, there were 14 10 and seven but no regrets no, I mean, they, I mean, two, <laughs> <You're hesitant. laughs> two out of three of them have moved back to the UK. Oh, okay. So my eldest, he lives in London with his girlfriend and he's got his business. And my middle one is here and my youngest is in Scotland. Gosh, so a bit of everything. Yeah. But at least you've got one here. Exactly, exactly. So that's nice. It's, so it's lovely. What was your, what was your background? I mean, what were you working on in England, what were you doing? So I trained in hotel management. Oh my goodness! Yeah, a completely, completely yeah, but, different. Yeah, um, but it was people facing. So exactly. I, so I, everything has always had something to do with people facing. So when I um, I trained in that, and my thing was that by the time I was fifty, I have to have my own boutique hotel. You know, that was my that <laughs> was my dream. plan and dream. But for those who know my husband, right, um, that was never going to happen. All right, so think faulty towers, and <laughs> it would be a hundred times worse if my husband. I'm sure was it wouldn't involved. have been that bad. Oh, it would. <laughs> I mean, faulty towers is one of his favourite programs, so I can say that. But, um, but he had his own publishing company. Oh, interesting. Um, and because he is a lot older than me, so this was his second time round. Family, um, I was really lucky to have my kids young. 
Mm. So I had my kids young. I was able to work with him in his business. So I was able to be like the corporate wife. Uh, mm. We entertained a lot. We dealt with clients. Um, so people, you're a, a huge people person. So that, that yeah. puts you in good stead for yeah. everything else, doesn't it, really? Exactly. The, what you learn from mm. being around people and listening to them, you know, those mm. were all skills that I was honing in those early years. Yeah. And, um, and everybody would come to me, you know, whether it was because I was the boss's wife or just that I was that listening person. So, and then through that, I was able to do lots of charity work. My grandparents instilled in me from very young how important charity work was and mm. that we, sh you know, it's something yeah, that it we is. have to do. Mm. Um, so, you know, I worked on in hospital radio, you know, when I was a kid and, you know, and went to all these country fairs and, you know, every year my granddad was baker. So he used to bake for the um, the old people's home, right, as he would call it. And he would bake for their Christmas fair. And um, and I used to say to him, like, Granddad, why do you, you know, like, why do you spend so much time baking for this? And he goes, you know, one year, he goes, um, he says, you know, at some point, your granny and I will move in there. And so I want to do what, my bit whilst mm. I can. And that's exactly that, what happened. That's so sweet. Yeah. Gosh, that's lovely. What a lovely story. But all the all that advice was like really good advice for, for then coming to Jib and then starting your own business. You you were in a new country, but yeah. able to to make a go of it. And, and you did quite well with your business. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I um, when I moved here, I didn't really know what to do with myself because I was like, um, my husband's company was in publishing. So I didn't mm. really want to set up a publishing business here. So I got into blogging with a friend of mine and I set up my own blog with her um, because I'm not one of these people who can just sit and do nothing. So what was the blog about? It was called The Green Familia. So it was all about eco products. So we're going back, this is, we're going back like 15 years ago. So it was quite innovative at that point. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And then what I found was that people were coming to me asking for social media help for their own businesses. Mm. So I then decided that that's what I would do. I would set up a social media company um, mm. because Gibraltar at that point, there wasn't anybody else doing that yeah. at that time. Yeah. And, you know, it was just starting, wasn't it? it really? Was. The whole online. Yeah. And people were sort of saying, oh, you don't need it here. It's word of mouth, which is right. true word of mouth. But no, you do you, need it. You do need it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I made that my niche at that point. And then what I was getting caught, you know, what I realized was that I didn't actually enjoy so much doing the social media. I enjoyed the actual training. Um, so then that allowed me to um, set up my own training business. So you trained other people. So again, you were dealing with people. Yeah. And Pe what, what did you train them in social media? Well, I that was for me. But then I brought in other trainers with other oh, disciplines. Yes. So, I, you yeah. know, I had people like Fiona doing mediation. Yeah. I had sales. I had marketing. I had everything. customer skills, you know, everything. So I was kind of really one of the first, again, to bring together a group of trainers so that we could offer um, one-stop shop. And so we did that. Um, and, you know, again, I, it ran its course. You know, you know, COVID again, when that came, mm. 
that stopped the face to face training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and by that time I was already heavily involved with Jib Sams. Yeah. So it was it's like a transition. I find that my life has been one thing um, led, has led into another. Yeah, exactly. So that's was, not a bad thing. What about um Gypsams, what, um, because that wasn't set up that long ago, why? It's, it's quite a recent. Five years. Yeah, it's quite a recent yeah. charity. Who, um, why was that set up? Why, what was the need? So at that point in time, so going back six years ago, mm. there was a lot of suicides. And yeah. when I say in Gibraltar, I mean, we were talking, you know, anything from eight to 10 mm -hmm. suicides. And that's so a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for a couple of years yeah. we had, you know, we, yeah. it was really and it, young, a lot of young men, a lot of young men. So, um, Mary Lou, who founded it, yes. she personally knew three or four of them that had mm. happened in that year, and that just something set off in her that she said, "No, there's got to be something out there that we can do." Mm. So she, with uh, Dr. Beglin, went to the UK. They met with the Samaritans, and they decided that they would set up uh, Gibsam. So it's, it's like the Samaritans, basically. It's all based on the Samaritans, um, and they told it would take three years. They obviously don't know Mary Lou, and then <laughs> all the people of Gibraltar, <laughs> all the people of Gibraltar, yes. you know. Yes. And so it was, you know, it was set up within like ten months, and yes. um, and I actually I'd seen it advertised, and um, and because I've had mental health issues with my family and friends, it's a subject that was very very yeah. close to my heart. Um, I don't think anybody um, can say that they haven't had it. To be yeah. honest. Um, the more people I talk to on my podcast and in, in life in general, because yeah. I'm quite cu curious, as I was telling you before, and I like to talk and I, everybody's got something going on. Yeah. So, yeah. So because of yeah, that, yeah. it was a subject, you know, when I saw it, I was like, this is something, you know, so I, I was thinking, well, maybe I could become a trainer for it because, you know, the training background. But the times that they were doing the trade for the trainers, it just didn't suit I was away and things like that. So then when they were looking, recruiting for listeners, I um, so thought, well, why not? It's three hours a week. I can do that. Um, so I applied. Um, but Mary Lou, who, who knew of my admin and yeah, your background. Skill, my background, yeah. she said to me, look, I would rather you come and help me. Hmm. You know, work with me first and with the setup, yeah. um, which is what I did. I, you know, I went in there and um, became like the admin assistant um and then became operations manager and then became operations trustee so it's quite a big organization mm. i mean lots of different areas within jib sams yeah i mean we how many jib people are there so we have about 40 listeners at the moment 40 listeners yeah but they wrote so they have a rota i suppose they have a rota but if you think about we have two shifts a day and so we have two listeners on each shift and one person as a shift leader so we need six volunteers each day right so that's 42 listeners a week every day even weekends yeah every, every day. day you know even christmas yeah, day yeah, we'll be there yeah. um wow. so, so it's a lot it's a big commitment tell me what what are you what is your ethos what is, what is it that you strive to do with the charity so we strive to make um life better for others we strive to give a place where you can call anonymously you won't be judged and you'll be listened to which is in today's world it's hard to find somebody to listen to you um yeah. because sometimes when we're having conversations with people we're either trying to fix them 
or give them advice or we're we're not fully focused on what it is that they're actually saying and at the end of the day none of us can fix anybody we you know we're all completely different we're all unique so what might work for me won't necessarily work for you so i can and you know we may go through the same sort of things you know it's like um if a friend was to lose a parent um my experience of that and their experience will be completely yeah, different uh, yeah absolutely but you know sometimes we're conditioned to say oh i know how you feel um so it's about being sympathetic and just more empathetic empathetic yeah and and just having a um just being there to listen mm. you know a lot of times you know sometimes you'll see people and they'll say oh hi how are you but as you're about to answer they're walking away yes they're not interested they're not to really, it no yes. they're just saying it yes. you know because yes. it's what's expected yes. but actually um you know i always say to people please don't say that and then you know Walk if you're going yeah if you're going to say it be prepared to listen yeah um brenda one thing you said earlier just said that yeah it's a place where people can call um when they want just to have a a, a talk with somebody an- anonymously yeah. now this is gibraltar Yeah, everybody knows everybody else. Guaranteed my voice, for example, everybody knows it. Everywhere I call, they recognize me. So, you know, this could happen with other people calling because there are locals who work at Gibsams who would be answering the phone to other locals. Um, how does that does that happen? Is that something that you've, you know, talked about? So, we talk about it all the time. Um, and to be fair, the one person that it happened to, the first time it happened, it was to somebody who was non-local. right right and um somebody who they knew had called up okay. um so what we say is that if they recognize your voice and they say um is that brenda then you have to be up front yes, and honest and, and you have yes. to say yes it of is of course um and then you can say but if you wish you can talk to my colleague rather than talk hmm. to me so you can You so you're honest. So you're honest. So you do say if they do recognize who you are. Yeah. You do say, and then otherwise you pass them on to somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's why there's always so you're two giving of people a choice. That's a, that's a an important thing to know because I always feel that that if I were to call one day, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd maybe be embarrassed to speak to you yeah. because I know you. Yeah. Or, okay. And that's it. But sometimes yeah, but it's um, people have called knowing it. You know that. that they do know people there so yeah. i have actually you know had people who have picked up the phone and said said yes it's me and they've still talked because yes, it's still, because they need to because they need mm-hmm. to yeah. and is there a big need there is a big need you know we, like you say, said earlier everybody gets mental health stress yeah. and struggles at mm-hmm. some point mm-hmm. and i think that the more that we're opening up that it there's no stigma with that mm-hmm. the more that people are opening up to talk and people are happy to say hold their hands up and say yes i am actually struggling and i need help with yeah. this and do you think the generation the now the youngsters 20 year olds are less able to cope with stress and with situations because i keep reading in the papers more and more that um the older generation are more able to cope with stresses the younger ones have so much just put on a plate everything is on a plate that when something happens and the shit hits the fan yeah um they can't cope and they become complete you know um wrecks and that's why so many young people have mental health issues at the moment is that do you think that's true so i i do think that's i think that's um 
mostly true. I do think that they're not as emotionally resilient as us older people. Um, but we see um, a lot of older people with mental health issues because they don't know how to talk. Ah, interesting. So especially locally. That's really interesting. The, um, the suicides locally yeah. are from the older generation. Really? Who have not, who don't know how to talk and how, how to open up. The There's quite a few young people who committed suicide, and like so you were we saying say, before. Yeah, we always say end their life um, okay. or who have completed suicide because committing um, in some countries is still a crime. Okay. So we always try and refrain from using the word commit because that mm. has that connotation of it being a crime. Mm. Um, but Yes, there has been locally, but what if you actually look at all the stats, it's more in the older generation. generation. Holland and Barrett brings you this podcast. I've been a long-time customer for my overall wellness. The brand started in the UK in 1870 and at their two stores in Gibraltar at 53 and 160 Main Street, you'll find a range of vitamins, supplements, healthy food, sports nutrition, beauty, aromatherapy and so much more. There is something for everyone. I want to thank Holland and Barrett Gibraltar for their support. Suicide is a huge thing. I've had um, a couple of guests on my on the sofa with Rouge who have been at that point in their lives. It was very moving um, to hear them both, and one of them in particular um, said he he just reached that point of no return. Now, are you taught how to deal with people who are at that point? It, how how do you learn what to say? to be the right thing because when it's such a precarious situation you you could send them the other way is, doesn't that worry you so that's why the training is so um it's like f six weeks in total um and it's really vigorous because we um sort of not teach but we enable the listeners to have the skills so that they can deal with those yeah <clears throat> Our listeners are actually trained so that they will actually sit with someone who has made that decision. And that's a really tough call. It's a tough place to be. Um, yeah. But what the training just kicks in and they just know what to say because it's a conversation because actually that person knows exactly what they want to hear and so they will lead that conversation so we we don't go in with from a point of fear because if you went in from a point of fear you would struggle so that's what the training does and um, for me um, leading the organization my primary concern is for the listeners because they have to be mentally well yes absolutely right so yes, to be able to deal with yeah people who are not yeah to that extent yeah yeah so how do you know whether your listeners are in that right state of mind conversations with them you know making you can sure recognize you can recognize you can them. recognize you can see and and they themselves know so they will take themselves off on sabbatical they will say I just need a break I you know I just not in that right space so <coughs> we have lots of conversations around that 
so that they can be as open and honest as they need to be. And if, for instance, we felt that, you know, that's why there's always two on the shift and there's always one at home. Because if you feel that somebody isn't 100%, then you would have that conversation. You would say to them, so what's going on with you? What's happening? You know, what's happening in your life? And then they would be, you know, and you have that openness and honesty and they because they know how important that is to be in the right space they themselves will say do you know what i just need to put myself off for a couple of weeks i just you know yeah and reset yeah how do you update everybody's training regularly because i'm assuming that new things are coming out the whole time yeah new ways of dealing with people and yeah so that's one of our biggest expenses as a charity is the training is the continual training so we need to continually look at that and see you know different things that come out so you know we train for chat we train for for face-to-face eventually we hope to go to -to face-to-face at some point um and different things that come up you know you know this new when we first started with gypsams um there was no protocol on you know if somebody decided to end their life, what, you know, if they d- decided they wanted help, what would that look like? Mm. Um, and then that duty of care came in later. Mm. So then we had to retrain on what that duty of care looks like. Um, so all of these things, and also it's just enabling them by giving them more tools and getting them to look at themselves in, mm. in different ways. So that's a really big part of what we do because, you can't just train on a once and then mm. that's it. You know, it needs to be refresher. People need to know, they need to feel confident. I mean, most of us don't like doing the role plays, mm. <laughs> but they're they're needed because yeah. you need to take You need to know that. how people are going to react in a certain situation. What is the biggest joy from this? What What is the biggest joy that you get? So for me, the biggest joy is, is the team, is the is actually the the people who I've met through Jib Sam's, the listeners. Um, that's my biggest joy because I would never have met so so many amazing people. You're like a family. It's, yeah, it's like my second family. I, you know, my husband will probably say I spend more time with them than what I do with my own family. But it's and it's just being the fact that you're there. Mm, you're helping. You're you're helping someone who has nowhere else mm. to go. And who feel so important. Yeah. How do you get people to open up in general? How do you put the word out in Jib through your charity that people need to open up and and and, and really that you're there? How, how how do you put that point across? To so them? we, you know, by running events, by running campaigns, you know, we ran the campaign, it's okay not to be okay. You know, we ran the compute the campaign, let's get Gibraltar talking. You know, all of these things that we've done, you know, that we've gone out there, um, the buses, ad, you know, the ads, wherever mm. you can see us, we're there um, running our Christmas Day event. So having somewhere for somebody to go on Christmas Day, if they're Gosh. alone or... Where do, they, where do you hold that? So every year it's been different. But this yes. year we're going to um, have it at the TV at Manise in um, Ocean Village. So it's going to be an alternative Christmas dinner. Um, where is that? The... I think tea, the Thai Vietnamese. Oh, the Thai, Thai play, yes. yes, the Thai. Right. So, um, so what? Just anybody can anybody rock can up there. Come, yeah, on Christmas Day, we'll be wow. there from twelve to three thirty. 
Gosh, that's really good. Giving yeah. up your your time with your family on Christmas Day exactly. for those and and do lots of people come to these events so on Christmas Day? L- last year we had over fifty, and it what? was raining. Yeah, yeah. Last oh year we had gosh. over fifty attend, and it's just it's amazing. You know these people who and there was a real mix of people. We had people who were staying in the um, accommodation by the university who just couldn't go home. Yeah, we had people who were stranded here who couldn't get you know oh, get, covid because last yeah. year covid hit and what do you do provide like a meal for them? yeah we provide a meal we have music we have oh. in, you know we get we get some um singers to come and we just have a, a day uh, you know like a christmas lunch together and they feel that they're part of something that's so important mm. Wow. So that's a lot a part of where your money goes. What else? Where else does it go? What else? Market, do you, you know, the marketing, yeah. the events, the yeah. training, um, operational costs that mm. we have. Um, so we've, you know, those are the main areas that we have. Mm. You know, marketing is a big thing for us. You know, we have a lot of... Um, no, you're really out there. I mean, com- compared to other charities, you really are doing, yeah. you know... In the in the in the face of the of the public, so yeah. I don't think anybody can say, "Oh, we ha- we haven't heard of Jib Sam's, or we don't know, you know, yeah. about one of your campaigns." Yeah, so that's that for us is really important. That's how you spread the word. That's yeah. how you get. You know, I, I will never tire of going out there and saying, "This is what we do. This is our number. This is our, our chat service." You know, call us. You know, whoever you are, you do, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be. Um, down and out you can be who you know you you know you can be whoever you just need somebody to talk to yeah pick up the phone or chat with us um tell me about the awards because i saw in the chronicle the other day that you were giving out some awards and i read a bit about it and i thought wow it's, it's so good to give back yeah so, so four years ago, we decided to, um, the corporates was one of our big areas that we wanted to get into because um, you can have stress at home, you can have stress with your friends, with your family, but you can also have stress at work. And mm. that's a big area. And we spend mm. a third of our day at work. Yeah. So we wanted to improve that, improve well-being, make that a priority for businesses because... What we see um, is that if you are, if a company is well and their employees are well, then the output is far greater. Yeah. But if you've got a company that's not, that doesn't put well-being at the top of the agenda and your employees feel undervalued, they'll go off sick. Yes, they will. And that's still costing you money as a company. So we wanted to change that chip in in businesses locally so we started going out doing presentations to them explaining what jib sams did um, how they can get involved and then we decide right what can we do next so we created these well-being awards and every any company can apply yeah and they just have to tell us what they're doing for their well-being strategy within um, the company within the company yeah and that's it and that's it. And then what we then the next year, what we did was we um, started the well-being podcasts, so that um, we could give something. You know that those companies who had won, they mm. could share what they were doing, and you know different things like um, creating well-being champions, creating you know policies, procedures, flexi time. You know all of these things. And have the companies and the businesses in Jib taken this this up? 
Yeah, definitely. So we've now, we're now this year we gave out twenty three awards. Wow, that's so good. you know, I think a lot of companies now are are putting their their people first. You know, there's there's so much um, of it in the in the in social media generally in the world about about yeah. people and about well being and mindset and all that. And that's it. And mm. it's, you know, we're all different. So, mm. you know, what works for you and what works for me will be completely different. But mm. it's about having those conversations and knowing how your um, employees, how they respond to that. So maybe it is suitable for you to have, to have somebody come in and do yoga once mm. a week or come in and do chair massage or maybe you can give them flexi time or maybe you can give them an employee assistant program or give them help, you know, private health insurance, whatever it is. Yeah. But any size of company can do something, you know, whether it's that you take them out every quarter for oh, yeah. a team building or whatever, you can do something that's going to impact yeah. on their well-being. Mm. So what are your next projects? What do you have coming up for Jib Sounds? So we um, are working on what are, you know, for the 2023. So we're, wor we're working on, we've just done a schools program with um, the Department of Education. We brought out uh, Now and Beyond. Um, so we had a school, a day of um, mental well-being in the schools. So we want to do more of that. Mm. Um, we want to do more with the corporates. So we're running out this well-being champion training. Um, so we're encouraging companies to put well-being leaders into their organization. Um, so that will be rolling out more of. We will also be um, looking at a couple of different campaigns. So we'll run some more maybe about anxiety, stress, um, different areas. Um, we're launching our new branding and our new website oh, soon. Good. Wow. So that's all coming this month. Um, wow, lots of things going lots on. Lots of things going on. You must be very busy. It's been a really hectic year. We've, I mean, we've done a lot this year. We've, um, obviously, we've had the um, Wellbeing Awards. We've had our um, anniversary. We, September is always our big month because that's Suicide Awareness Month. Is it? So we always make a big thing in September. That's, you know, launching new campaigns, mm. um, doing different things for, for that. Um, green Friday, getting everybody to dress in green. Um, and we just like to see every year what else can we do. Yeah. So we're in that sort of reflective pose at the moment of saying, right, this is what we've achieved so far. What is it that we want to, you know, the different areas? I think for me, it's targeting more that um, 30 to 50 age gap and seeing how can we, um, how can we support them better? Are you recruiting for more people? Always. 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 So how can people get in touch with so you? So people can contact us at volunteer at gipsams.gi and we are doing another selection day in January and going to training in January. So you have to vet the people that, that come forward because not yeah. everybody, they might want to help. Yeah. But you might not think they're appropriate. Exactly. So that's why we ha we always have a selection day. Yeah. Um, so people come and they can find out more about what we do and how we do it because not everybody um, knows what we do. Yeah. So they may think, oh, well, that would be great. But actually when they come, they think, well, that's not really for me. And yeah. so then they can help with events. So they don't have to be a listening volunteer. They can actually help us with events. And... Mm. Um, and then from selection, if they get through selection, then we go on to training. And then if they 
once they've completed the training, again, it's not a given. And the training is six weeks here in Jib, or do you have to go so, off somewhere? No, it was here. What we're going to do is we're going to change it. It was six weeks, but we're now trying to condense it because mm. what we're finding with after COVID is that people you need to condense things a little bit more. So what we're going to do this time around is that we're going to do two full weekends or three um, twice weekly sessions. So that will condense it down so that people will, we can get them through quicker. quicker. And we are going to do two lots of training um, in the first um, six months of the year. And then we'll continue doing selection days. So we'll mm. continue banking people in so that when we do go do the training, we've got uh, a group of people ready um, because we want to, the second half of the year, it, we want to get, focus that more on our internal training. Okay. Um, how many calls do you get a day on average? So on average, we say it's one call a day. Okay, um, so it's not... It's not huge. Yeah. Um, but obviously some days you get none and some days you might get three or four. Yeah. It, it, there's no, you know, with five years of data, there is no rhyme nor reason. I, yeah. You know, I, I can't say December will be a busier month. Mm -hmm. Is that the busiest month? No. I, I, some years it's been really busy and other years it hasn't. So there is no... Um, the data just doesn't stack up. You know, when we look at it, there, we cannot say, oh, well, definitely that's going to be a bad time, you know, for us. Um, mm -hmm. it, and we can't say that weekends are worse than during the week. And we can't say that what time frame, you know, because it's just, it, mm -hmm. it is it so depends. sporadic. Yeah. yeah. So you're there from six to nine every day? Six to 11. Six to 11 every yeah. day? Yeah. Okay. And and if, if somebody needs to talk around those hours, what do they do? So they can call us on 116123 or they can chat with us on gypsams.gi. There's a chat. Um, on the, on the on, laptop yeah. that somebody will yeah. be there at the end of that. Yeah. I have to say thank you to you. From, you. I mean, I'm no one to... <laughs> but, but, you know, this it's really opened my eyes to what an incredible thing you're doing. And, thank you. um, and thank you to all the helpers if they listen to this talk <laughs> because I think Jib is a lot better for having you. Thank you. And um, yes, we're going to say thank you to Holland and Barrett because they're going they're supporting this um, this podcast. They yes. really wanted to get involved, and so Kailash and his gang um, are right behind you as well. Thank so you. So it's brilliant. Thank you, Brenda. I need to ask you, what um, who do you look up to? Who do I look up to? So I um, look up to people like um, uh, Maya Angelou, um, Michelle Obama. Um, hmm, there's so many there's so many to choose from I mean, and also like people that that you don't know like you know my first boss Dorothy right um, she was like a great mentor mentor for me and mm. I've been very fortunate through all my life to have great mentors to have people who have supported me and of course like my husband I mean like bless him you know he um, supports everything that I do and that you know he get, allows me that freedom you know because this takes up a lot of my time you yeah. know my phone is never off it's 24 7 yeah. and whatever goes on comes to me first and you know he doesn't complain he you know if I have to 
I have to jump on the shift at last minute. You know, I've cancelled things because he understands that the need for that and, you know, the, mm. how necessary it, it is. is yeah. So he's very, very supportive. And as are my kids, they know that this comes, this comes so high on my agenda. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Again, from the bottom of all our hearts for all you're doing, you thank and your you. team. You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon, She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch. And please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform. And comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.